This is your Tuesday Daily Delivery. I am Michael Rand, perhaps one of the most drama-filled daily deliveries we've ever had. been sitting here uh, Tuesday morning early watching the USA Women's Gymnastics. Spoiler alert, um, I'll be talking a little bit about that. I think the, the uh, most of it's going to be shown in prime time, but I've been watching the feed this morning. Quite a lot happening with that, which I'll get to in a minute. Uh, I've got Christina Long, Star Tribune intern, who's been covering a lot of great stuff for us, covered the Twins game last night, has Wednesday's game as well, and I did a really nice story on Reagan Smith, the uh, the Lakeville swimmer and the club team that she's on right now, um, You know wh- where she represents and what that's all about. So talk to her. We'll bring that to you in a little bit. Got some Aaron Rodgers updating here. We got some Josh Donaldson trade rumblings. I mean, my goodness, it's uh, it's late July here we go. This is when kind of the sports calendar starts to, uh, you know, starts to get cranked up again. It feels like we had the had the week, had the one week, the uh, MLB All Star break, and uh, then uh, then we get uh, then we get going again. So lots of stuff to get to. First off, let's get to the Aaron Rodgers stuff because I've made this my pet subject. I'm going to have uh, Scott Gillespie actually on the show tomorrow. Uh, Scott's an editor at the Star Tribune, not not in the sports department, but he and I have had a, a really good back and forth about Wisconsin-Minnesota sports over the years. He is a, uh, a Wisconsin fan. Um, one of the good ones, though, I will say. Looking forward to, to talking to him on Wednesday's show about Aaron Rodgers, because it sure seems like Aaron Rodgers is indeed going to play for the Packers this season. Now, I had I don't know if I expressed this on the show, so it doesn't, I don't know if it counts. Maybe I did at one point, but uh, I had an inkling that this was going to work out for the Packers, that maybe, not that this was all a ruse, because uh, I don't. I clearly don't think it was a ruse, but I had an idea that maybe this that Aaron Rodgers wasn't just going to sit out this season. You know, I, I feel like as much as you'd like to take a principled stand if you're upset with a team, uh, if you're upset with you know, the management, you know, when you're 37, going to be 38 years old, you only have so you know you only have so many uh, opportunities to play. Um, you only got so many years left. So, news reporting now: Aaron Rodgers is is in Green Bay. Sounds like a, the the uh, affiliate in Green Bay recorded him landing late Monday in Green Bay. Players report to camp uh, today. So you know, got there at the last minute. And sounds like you know, reporting from Adam Schefter at ESPN saying basically. You know, in exchange for playing this season, the Packers are going to give him more freedom after this year to perhaps pick wherever he wants to go in the 2022 season and beyond. So that would be interesting. Basically, kind of a one-year, not even a truce, just kind of a one-year. Uh, it's almost like signing a guy to a one-year contract at this point, and um, you know, see if he wants to go somewhere else after this season. If he's still upset with the organization. Kind of seems like the Packers got about 85% of what they wanted out of this, didn't it? It seems like Aaron Rodgers is the one that blinked here if if this was a stalemate because I think the Green Bay kind of all along wanted one more year from Aaron Rodgers and then to turn this over to Jordan Love. Um, you know, when you draft somebody like that, and then you have the pandemic season where you don't get to work with him that much, you don't get to see him that much. He's, he, he, he wasn't even the backup last season, Jordan Love. Um, you know, you, you want to... You want some more time from your MVP, I think. So they, they it sounds like they're going to get that. Um, and then Aaron Rodgers is going to get some freedom to to play somewhere else in 2022 if that's what he wants. So got to say, um, I, I'm got to feel pretty impressed by Green Bay's management. They held firm. They kind of worked behind the scenes, it seems like, and they, they kind of finessed this situation. 
to the point where they gave up some leverage, but they're pretty much ultimately getting the one thing they absolutely had to have, which is if all this comes to if all this comes to pass, like it seems like it will, they're going to have Aaron Rodgers playing for them in the 2021 season, which is what they wanted all along. What does this mean for the Vikings? Well, you know, I had Patrick Royce on Monday's show saying it doesn't matter. Vikings are going to win the division either way. I don't feel the same way. I still think Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, even if there's deficiencies on that roster, and I think their roster is pretty good overall. Uh, I think with Aaron Rodgers on that team, they're definitely the favorite to win the NFC North. And that, you know, that, that pushes the Vikings down to, you know, maybe contending for the division title, but, you know, underdogs in that and, and trying to maybe compete for a wild card second place in the division. You know, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe all this uh, acrimony is, you know, is going to drive a wedge between the, the, the between Rodgers and some teammates. It's going to make for an acrimonious season. And, you know, sometimes when things get off on the wrong foot, teams don't quite recover. We'll see if that's going to be the case for Green Bay this year. But, you know, just from a pure talent standpoint, you've got the MVP back, sounds like, going to be on the field this season. Can't be viewed as anything but good news for the Packers. And I'll be interested to hear some, from some Packers fans, including Scott Gillespie, kind of what the emotional roller coaster has been like. Because I, honestly, I have some Packer fan friends, you know, they're, again, some of the good ones, uh, who basically had moved on from Aaron Rodgers, who said, we don't want him. Um, I'm tired of this act. I'm tired of his him being, you know, quote unquote, prima donna. Uh, I don't, I'm, I'm on the side of management. Just, you know, just be quiet and, and play, basically. Honor your contract. So now that it sounds like he's going to be back, is that, is that all forgotten? Was that all just talk when you thought you were going to lose Aaron Rodgers? What's what's the deal with, with that is going to be the question. And how is he embraced at that first home game, at that first, you know, even the first day of training camp? What What's that going to look like for Aaron Rodgers? So I'll be interested to see how the kind of, you know, how that piece of it plays out and whether that has any impact on Green Bay this season. But, you know, long story short, this can't be viewed as anything but a positive for Green Bay right now. And how that impacts the Vikings will be interesting to see this season. Okay, I'm watching the women's gymnastics as we speak. I'm going to I'm going to go right up to the edge of of a spoiler here. It's not over yet and I don't think it's going to be over by the time I need to upload this podcast, but basically what we know at this point is the USA was trailing uh Russia <clears throat> by a lot and Simone Biles has left the competition for um, undisclosed reasons. There's a lot of reporting about what it might be, um, but nothing definitive yet, so I don't want to report that right now and have it sitting there for podcast posterity forever. What we know is Simone Biles not competing right now for Team USA, but Suni Lee has been fantastic in these last two rotations uh, on the bars and on the uh, on, on the beam, I believe. I've, I've kind of lost track. I've been kind of trying to do 18 things at once, but basically... At this point, it's going to be going into the floor exercise pretty soon, and they're very close right now. So that that's where I'm going to leave the spoiler. So my goodness, like a much closer competition than we thought. Simone Biles, uh, one of the greatest gymnasts of all time, not in the competition anymore. Suni Lee from Minnesota basically leading the charge for Team USA, and it sounds like it's all going to come down to you know maybe one last event. So I hope you guys are watching that when it comes on in prime time, I believe, uh, later on tonight. Hope you watched last night, too. Reagan Smith, Lakeville swimmer, who I'm going to talk a little bit more about with uh, Christina Long here in a second. Uh, finished, th- got the bronze medal, as my uh, as my four-year-old girl likes to call it, uh, the brown gold. She won the brown gold. It was a great race in the 100-meter uh, backstroke final. 
didn't quite uh, didn't quite have it to uh, to, to finish in, in in first place, but third place in a uh, in a race with that many great competitors is uh, is certainly a great accomplishment. And uh, you know, congrats to Reagan Smith on the bronze. Watch that. This you know, starting to get into the Olympics a little bit more. Uh, the drama is is pulling me in a little bit. I'm feeling it now. And, uh, you know, it's only probably going to intensify as, uh, as these gymnastics come down to the wire. I'm Chris Hine, Timberwolves beat writer at the Star Tribune and the first five-time guest in daily delivery history. Thank you for listening to this podcast. This work is made possible by our Star Tribune subscribers. For unlimited access to the articles mentioned in this podcast, our coverage of Minnesota sports from pros to preps, and even all of Rand's future blog posts about how the Timberwolves should trade for players they will never get, Go to startribune.com slash subscribe. Happy to be joined today on Daily Delivery by Christina Long, our summer intern. She's been covering a lot of good stories. It was a a Twins game Monday night. Uh, She's got the game again Wednesday at Target Field. Nothing like throwing you right into the middle of the trade deadline, Uh, Christina. Nice nice time to have you cover games. Um, You also wrote a really nice story about Reagan Smith, local uh, elite swimmer uh, competing in the Olympics right now and, and her club. So... First of all, uh, welcome to the show. How you doing? Thank you. I'm doing well. I'm excited to be on Daily Delivery today. Glad to hear that. Glad to hear that. Um, let's start with your Reagan Smith story, and then I want to get into some twin stuff, because I do think it's really cool that they're just like, Christina, go cover these twins games in late July for a team that's unloading all of its best players. But the Reagan Smith story um, was primarily about the club that she's on, correct? And, you know, kind of how, you know, this elite swimmer is is coming from a, a club that really hasn't been around for that long, right? Right. So Reagan Smith trained at Riptide Swim Club over in Apple Valley, and she started there when she was about 13 years old. She's 19 now. Um, and Riptide has only been around for about nine years. Um, a guy named Jim Wise started it up. He owned the Wise Swim School for a while before he started Riptide, and he still has the swim school. Um, so once the club opened some kids from from wise swim school came over and started uh some kids from wise swim school started swimming for swimming competitively at riptide so um when reagan came over she started working with their coach mike parado who is a very high profile swim coach Um, his daughter is actually on the olympic diving team for team usa um and so i spoke with him and with reagan's dad paul smith about how the club kind of influenced her and and really all the different levels of swimming there um they have everybody from nine and under to the elite level swimmers like Reagan. And it's really interesting because the point that they made was that not everybody will be Reagan. Not everyone's going to be an Olympic swimmer and not everybody wants to be. But they're really great about meeting kids where they are and helping kids reach whatever their goals are in swimming. So they're not all going to be world record holding Olympians? Not all of them, no. <laughs> so if I started my, I have, a, I have a seven-year-old daughter and a four-year-old daughter. If I started them in swimming right now, I should not expect that in 12 years, my oldest will be an Olympian. I mean, maybe set the bar it's a possible. little lower, but I mean, anything is possible. You don't want to tell them no, right? <laughs> but they've got to be like just over the moon for what's happening right now, just watching her compete at the highest level. I mean, just, you know, there was plenty of pressure going in. It seems like she's handled that great. Just, you know, just... How are they reacting to this moment and just, you know, the the preparations for her swimming and all these big events? 
Yeah, they went up to watch her swim in the Olympic trials in Omaha. They took a group of about 40 people, mostly kids um, who are like 12 and under. um, And they went up to watch her up in Omaha. And apparently, I didn't know this about Reagan, but she always wears a pair of pink Crocs when she goes to, to the blocks. And she... So she always has her pink Crocs. She, her dad told me that she likes to paint her nails fun colors now. She has a, she wore a pink swim cap at trials, and the kids that went up there all were decked out, and they all had their own pink Crocs, and oh, they nice. had these pink Riptide shirts and um, all these pink Reagan things. And she, you know, signed some of their arms and and all oh, of nice. that. So they were really excited to be there to watch her, and then. Um, for Tokyo, since everything's, you know, in the middle of the night, right. um, and these kids have a bedtime, they are, uh, some kids' parents are doing kind of some individual watch parties. They aren't doing anything as a club, but, um, some kids are, they're doing some events at the club, um, during some practices. They're doing some, you know, uh, they're having a, you can guess what Reagan's time is going to be and whoever's closest <laughs> nice. gets a prize, you know, things like that for the, for the younger kids to get excited about the Olympics. That's cool. I like that she has personality too. Cause some, you know, I, I don't think that's necessarily uncommon, but that can be a little bit of a, I think it maybe can be hard or there's some trepidation, especially for a really young athlete to just be their authentic self. And it sounds like if she's just like wearing the Crocs and just painting the nails and all that stuff. It sounds like she's she's got some of that to her. Yeah, definitely. It's amazing. I mean, she's younger than me. She's 19 yeah. and she's competing at the highest level. And, you know, sometimes a kid wants to be a kid. And, and you know, even though she's she's a young woman, I think it's really cool that she gets to kind of show who she is a little bit for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll be watching the rest of her performances at the Olympics. I think she's got one more big event coming up later this week and, of course, had the big one on Monday night that we talked about already here on the show. Um, let's transition into some twins talk. Um, I don't know if you how much twins you expected to be covering, but a lot of times the intern does cover some uh, some baseball. But when you took the internship, I imagine you certainly didn't expect this to be a you know, a, a team that is losing way more than it's winning. And that in late July, if you were assigned to, uh, I guess in late July, if you were assigned to cover a game, you might expect it to be a trade deadline situation in the other direction where they might be adding players, not subtracting players. How, how are you enjoying that piece of this? And uh, are, are you ready for trade deadline week? Yeah, I did not expect them to be selling quite as much. And, you know, I... <laughs> None of I, us did. Yeah. None of us did. I'm not from around here, so I was new to kind of all of the Twins roster and learning who the play, who the key players were. And I was really bummed because I had taken a liking to Nelson Cruz. How oh, can yeah. you not kind of root for him a little bit? Right. So I was sad to see him go and but it, and to hear mm. some of the other guys talk about, you know, how much he meant to to them as kind of a dad figure to them. Um, but, yeah, no, it's it's crazy. Might have some some news coming up here in the next few days. But I didn't expect to do quite as much twins. But I've actually also enjoyed it a lot more than I expected to. Um, you know, I've always loved baseball, but I knew that covering it was kind of a grind day in, day out, um, being at the ballpark all day and then coming back the next day. And, you know, not that much changes day to day. But um, I've really enjoyed it a lot more than I expected to. And, and the Twins beat's really fun. Everybody really works together really well and is really kind and has been really welcoming to me. So it's been great. Definitely good people on that beat. So that definitely uh, definitely helps. And it was rude of me, too. I didn't even, you know, you said you're not from around here. I didn't even, we didn't even talk about where you came from. What's your, <laughs> what's your, what's your backstory? Maybe fill in the listeners a little bit because um, we're going to have a special treat. Christina is going to take over the show for a couple of days in August. We haven't settled on the exact dates yet but we're gonna we're gonna turn her loose uh that'll be uh, another one of her uh, internship projects before before the uh the summer is over so tell tell the listeners where you know a little bit more about yourself 
Yeah, so I'm kind of from all over. We moved around a lot as a kid, but I'm mostly from Arkansas. Um, so grew up there. Uh, college baseball was actually the first sport I was ever okay. really into. Yeah, kind okay. of niche. Um, I because like college Arkansas, baseball. Yeah, college baseball is great. I've been to the College World Series a couple times. It's fun. It's really fun, and especially because Arkansas is always really good. Right. So I got to be on a bandwagon. Um, and then got into college football, and I went to the University of Missouri, just graduated from there. So um, covered kind of the, the SEC light there. Um, and and really enjoyed that, getting to do some Mizzou football, um, some softball as well as they've kind of gotten better. Yeah. And um, so I've really enjoyed getting to kind of get some experience across the board. And coming up here has been my first time covering pro sports. And so I've kind of slowly moved north over the years. Um, and I'm excited to be up here in Minneapolis now. I can't remember. Do you have school left after this? Or are you on to, a, on to something else after this internship? Or what is that? I'm on to another internship okay. after this, yes. Okay, got it. Well, that sounds... That sounds like a, a plenty of uh, plenty of fun for this summer. What about other stories you've covered? What what have been some of your your favorite things, or what are some of the other things you're looking forward to in the last uh, few weeks here? Yeah, so one of the first things that I did when I got here was um, I covered the launch event for the new USLW team, oh, yeah. so the women's yeah. soccer team that's mm-hmm. coming here, um, kind of launching in the next year or so, and that was really cool. I mean, I'm always been passionate about women's sports, yeah. and so it was really cool to get to see kind of a new. Um, professional team, you know, Minneapolis has all of the sports. We've got all (laughs) the sports. We got more now. We got room to add, I guess. Yeah. We don't subtract. We just add. Right. So it was cool to get to see another another (laughs) thing showing up there um, and getting to meet some of the people involved with that club. Um, I haven't covered any Lynx games, but I've gotten to attend a couple of them um, and sit in the press box with Kent Youngblood. um, And I'm going to be speaking with Laisha Clarendon here in the next couple of weeks um, to talk about their transition here to Minneapolis since they're relatively new to the team um and talk about you know they've been they're on the break now but the links really took off as soon as they signed her so yes um so she's been great and i'm i'm really looking forward to talking to them and so that's one that's coming up um and other than that it's been a lot of twins and a lot of minnesota united which i've been learning soccer on the fly which has been actually a lot of fun i've really gotten into soccer so far so nice i covered a decent amount of soccer early in my career here like it was like kind of a what used to be called the A-League. It was kind of the forerunner to, it was like the, the, the league below Major League Soccer. Minnesota had a team in that, of course, because they can't not have teams in every single league. So that was kind of the what became Minnesota United in that league has now become the team in this league. And soccer is fun. I mean, it's a, it's it's hard to write sometimes like a one nothing soccer match if you aren't if you don't speak exclusively in soccer, but uh, you, you get there, right? Yeah. The first one I covered by myself was a draw and I'd never covered a draw of any kind. Okay. And I was like, how do you write yeah, about won. a draw? Yeah. yeah. So it's like, and, and it was a draw that they were bummed about. It wasn't, you know, there's, I, I learned the, that there's, was it the San, it was San, Jose, San Jose? So it was game? like, yeah. You know, I guess there's good draws and bad draws. And for San Jose, it was a good draw. And for Minnesota, it was a bad draw. (laughs) So I kind of had to figure that out um, on the fly. But no, it was interesting. And there's a great soccer fan community here um, from lower league to MLS. It's really interesting. So I've, I've enjoyed that a lot. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. I should promote this, too, since you brought up the links. Uh, Hopefully going to have Kayla McBride on the show here coming up either later this week or early next week. She's been a big part of what they've been doing this year, too. And I think what they started out, I want to say they started out 0-4 this year. And then since then, they've really been taken off 0-4, 0-3, something like that. And they've been really playing well. Not a surprise given, you know, their track record, what Cheryl Reeve has done here uh, since uh, since uh, taking over this franchise a decade ago. But really impressive stuff from them and looking like they could be a contender as well. Now, you're going to be out at Vikings a little bit, too. I don't imagine Arkansas is not the middle of a 
pro football territory. What, what, are you, uh, what are you looking forward to from that? Yeah, it's going to be a totally new experience. I mean, there, was, there were the occasional Cowboy fans um, down in Arkansas, yeah. because, but Arkansas, the university, was really the pro team for us. Um, so it'll be, it'll be totally new. I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah, I'll be out at training camp. Um, I think I might be doing some, some Gophers fall camp as well, so that'll be a little bit more familiar uh, at the NCAA level. But no, I think Vikings will be really, really cool to kind of see how that works, meet those beat writers, see kind of how the preseason goes for, for the NFL. Some rumblings. I uh, probably talked about this on the beginning of the show as well, but Aaron Rodgers sounds like maybe he's going to play now. That was the the latest. Uh, it's been kind of a, an all-over-the-map kind of story, but I've been fascinated by that the last few months because it has a big impact on what's going to happen to the Vikings. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. My favorite part of the Aaron Rodgers saga is the video of him singing Taylor Swift in a kitchen with somebody's, with Miles Teller's I wife. I missed that. What happened? Oh, it was fantastic. He was on vacation. Which with, Taylor Swift? Um, I can't which song it was okay. but yeah he was on vacation with miles teller miles teller's wife and his fiance shailene woodley and yes. they went on some vacation and there was okay. a picture of aaron Rodgers looking very carefree and like <laughs> jungle man ish yeah, and then yeah. there was a video of him okay. singing some taylor swift in a kitchen and i was like okay it looks like he's living his best life <laughs> he is he's a hard guy to figure out he's he's got a lot of uh there's some playfulness there but he's also got some mystery he, he holds grudges I, I don't know where this is all going once it's all uh once it's all said and done. But like I said, this is a the saga, the reason I've been so interested in it is, you know, he's he's I've thought for a long time he's the best quarterback in the league. And if he plays or not plays, that is a big difference for the Vikings this season. So we'll, we'll have to see what ultimately happens once September gets here. If he shows up, if uh, as Patrick Royce suggested on Monday show, if he shows up but uh, develops a bad shoulder or something and wants to get paid anyway but uh, doesn't want to play, we'll, we'll see what happens this year. A lot of a lot of a uh, lot of things to unfold there still too. Hope you get to cover some of those fun vaccine stories too in camp this year. That's a, that's going to be a hot topic. Oh yeah, I can't wait to ask every player on the roster <laughs> if they've had their shots or not. Maybe that'll be your job since you you know you'll, you'll ask those questions and then they, they can get mad at you, but you want to deal with them. Exactly. Anymore. I'll just leave and they don't have to be the, they don't have to hold the grudge. It's not even like it's not even intern hazing. It's it's just uh, it's just good business to have, <laughs> to have you ask those questions. Well. Uh, Christina, great stuff. Um, appreciate you joining the the show today. Any more words of wisdom? Anything you're looking forward to when you take over the show here in a, in a couple weeks? I'm looking forward to being on Daily Delivery. I think it's a very cool new project that the Star Tribune has launched in the last year. And podcasting, I listen to podcasts all the time. Anytime I do anything, I have a podcast on. So nice. I'm looking forward to being on one myself. You are the target audience for this show, <laughs> and you are you are going to be this show uh, in, a, in a little while here. Good stuff from Christina. Got to know her a little bit better. Kind of a weird year to be an intern at the Star Tribune. So everybody's not quite you know back in the office as much as we normally would be so glad glad to have her on the podcast today to share some of her insights um gonna be happy to turn the keys over to her for a couple of shows i think that's gonna be next week but we're still uh still figuring that out so i'm looking forward to, to, to seeing where she takes the show when she takes it over for a couple of days and like i mentioned she had the twins game monday night um, i was teasing her a little bit um you know that uh you know like like I like I was talking to her on the on the show, you know, watch out for all the trade rumors. This is you know trade deadline week, and then lo and behold, um, you know later that night we recorded it uh, Monday afternoon before the game. Later that night, there's all sorts of Josh Donaldson rumbling, swirling around now, and I want to spend a little bit of the end of the show here. Let's call this the cooler, talking about that. Um, Josh Donaldson, the Brewers apparently uh, reportedly checking in on Josh Donaldson. It sounded like that was getting kind of kind of close. Yesterday, maybe to uh, to something happening, but it sounds like it cooled off a little bit, uh, and now it's it's uh, 
kind of in a holding pattern, but that would be an interesting move for the Brewers. Josh Donaldson owed a lot of money. You know, like I wrote about and talked about yesterday, he, he signed that initial four-year, $92 million guaranteed contract. Um, it was four years for 84, but he's got uh, the $8 million guaranteed buyout or the $16 million team option in that fifth year. So $92 million guaranteed. That's a lot of money, especially for the Brewers, kind of in the same market as the Twins. Uh, that said, the Brewers having a much more successful season than the Twins are and could use you know, someone like uh, you know someone like a, a Josh Donaldson would fit into their offense quite nicely. You know, he can help a lot of teams. He's having a good season. You know, and anything I've written or said about Josh Donaldson in comparison to you know Byron Buxton is not uh, is not disparaging towards Josh Donaldson. He's he's a he's a good productive player. You know, for the Brewers, he'd he'd fit in nicely. Brewers are in first place in the NL Central by seven games. Um, this could be a year where they feel like they've got the team to push for you know push for the postseason. You know, the the a lot of good teams in the NL West, but uh, you know if you can win your division and get get a good matchup, you, you can you know you can be on your way maybe to competing for a title. Now Donaldson came in in 2020, um, you know high hopes. You know Twins hit 307 home runs in 2019. Donaldson coming in, you know former MVP award winner, a guy who you know routinely hit 30 home runs when he was healthy. Looked like he was going to be just another piece of the puzzle on offense. Um, you know, he's got some elite defense in his background. I think he's been good. Um, you know, he, he had to play through some injuries last season, and that was disappointing. He landed on the injured list right away this year, and you're like, uh-oh, here we go again. Uh, but since he's come back from that early injury, he's been pretty durable and productive. He's hitting the ball hard. Um, but obviously this is not going the way the Twins thought it would go this season. You know, he signed here, I'm sure, you know, in part because of the money, every athlete wants to get paid, and this is probably his, you know, certainly his last really big contract. He signed it when he was, you know, aged, I think it was his age 34 season. So you're paying for his 34, 35, 36, and 37 seasons, which was a little concerning, but he's a guy who does take care of his body. Um, and so, you know, maybe that was a little bit of a less of a concern, even with the injury risk. And he's been productive, but you, you got to figure part of the reason he signed here was to compete. This is a team that had won. You know, won a division title in 2019, won another one last season, even though he only played a little bit and didn't get to play in the postseason because of that injury. Um, but really, there was, I'm sure there was high hopes still of, you know, competing, contending for the, the duration of his contract. That just hasn't happened. And if this is going to be a rebuild, and I don't think we're there yet. Trading Nelson Cruz doesn't signal a rebuild. But if the, if more significant moves get made this week, if you're starting to think about is Jose Barrios going to get traded, is uh you know are some of the other guys going to get traded? Is Taylor Rogers going to get dealt in the next few days here? You know, then you're talking about are you really going to compete in 2022? And then by that point, you only got one year left on Donaldson's contract in 2023, and he's a 37 year old at that point. So should he should is that someone who you should be looking to move right now while he's still got a lot of value and while you can get him to a better situation where he can compete, you know, for a championship, which he had hoped to do here. Um, now it's going to be a matter of can they make the money match with the Brewers? Um, do they have to eat a little bit of that salary to you know to get prospects, or do they have to eat a little bit of that salary anyway just because he's you know, on a pretty big contract? Or is that just fair value for someone like Josh Donaldson, and that's going to be the trade if it happens with the Brewers or somebody else? I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I'm not surprised that his name is in that kind of discussion right now, uh, but that would be another signal of kind of where this team thinks its future is headed and whether. You know, this is a 
a, a short term, a medium term, or a, a you know a slightly longer term fix before they think they can be competitive again. On the field, some strange stuff last night. Um, Max Kepler knocks in the winning run, hits a hits a extra base or extra innings uh, single in the uh, in the tenth inning off of a you know really tough left-handed pitcher for Detroit. Um, and he drives in Kenta Maeda. Yeah, that's you did not you didn't see that wrong. You didn't hear that wrong. The pitcher was on base because the pitcher spot was due up, and instead of having Caleb Thielbar run, instead of having Mitch Garver run, which was allowed because you can do that, you can use the guy before that in extra innings as your extra runner. But they decided to put Kenta Maeda out there because he's a, apparently he's a good base runner. He's done this before, and he scores from second on that two-out single to give the Twins the victory. And again, you know, at this point in the season, not uh, not mattering much in the standings, but a win is a win. You want to see them win no matter what. So good win for the Twins, um, even as they uh, kind of head towards this uh, this week of uncertainty. And let's end this show with my absolute favorite quote of the whole year. Here's Mitch Garver explaining why he named his newborn son, why he and his wife named his newborn son Gamble Lynn Garver. Gamble Lynn Garver. Long story short, um, my wife, you know, when we lost our dog, Benny, to uh, lymphoma earlier in the year, that was a gamble. You know, that was a risk that we had to take to, to treat him, to try to save his life. Um, and basically, like I said, long story short, uh, scared money don't make money. And uh, everything in life is a gamble. So uh, it's a super unique name. We love him. Um, and he's, uh, he has changed my perspective on a lot of things. Love it. Congrats to Mitch Garver. Congrats to uh, the whole Garver family on a, on, a, on a healthy baby boy. Love the name. It's cool. Love unique names. And so, uh, you know, that's, that's going to be something that's, uh, you know, just part of his unique character his entire life, I'd imagine. So I, I love it. It's a cool name. And he's absolutely right. Everything in life is a gamble. It was a gamble for the Packers. And it seems like it paid off with Aaron Rodgers. We'll have Scott Gillespie on tomorrow's show. Like I mentioned, editor at the Star Tribune, Packers fan extraordinaire. Thanks for joining me here today. We'll catch you again on Wednesday.